Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you for two decades. Shelly Care, doctor, Ph.D., has worked with thousands of people around the world, helping them achieve greater peace and happiness in their lives. A world-renowned past-life regressionist, Dr. Shelley's methods of combining energy work with hypnosis has been endorsed by numerous leaders in the field of consciousness, including, of course, our dear friends Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Brian Rice. Shelley, welcome back to the program. Always great to have you. Thank you, George. How are you? I'm fine, and I hope you're okay. You're fighting this COVID-19 situation and everything doing well? All is well on this end, just making the most out of what we have to deal with here. Well, let's use a lot of this energy healing we're going to talk about tonight to uh, better our lives and everything else. By the way, the Edgar Casey book did very, very well. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a real joy. I just had uh, Sidney Kirkpatrick on last week, who's part of uh, the Association for Research and Enlightenment group and has written a couple books on Edgar Casey. Casey would have been a great interview on this program, wouldn't he? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how phenomenal that would be? Yes. I would have had a panel of people like you with me questioning him, but uh, gosh, I would have loved that. That would be amazing. What power. How did you get how did you wonderful? How'd you get involved in this? Oh my gosh. In energy healing in general, um mm-hmm. back many, many years ago, I started to have chronic pain and um went around to doctors for a very, very long time and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. I was finally um they discovered that I had stage four endometriosis, which was completely out of the blue. I had no idea that I was having this. And so went through a lot of surgeries. I had a real job and I was trying to be a normal person back then. But um, I think a lot of the isolation that I experienced during the year and a half of just constant surgeries and just being in excruciating pain uh, was the first thing that really started me taking a look at alternative therapies and and even hypnosis. I, I used to kind of just learn how to take myself kind of out of myself so that I could get out of pain. And I started looking into alternative healing then. So, and it's been ever since. So now oh, that I'm good. well and you, you just see other people going through different things, um, I've just found that healing can really be of great assistance. How did you get involved in the past life regression? That was really um, a childhood fascination when really? I was a kid. Yeah. My mother, um, well, we lived in Colorado Springs. So I grew up in Albuquerque. I think people, some people know that. But we ended up moving over to Colorado Springs. And back in the 70s, one of the most famous past life regression cases was um, the Search for Bridie Murphy book, where a hypnotherapist basically had a client. She had really horrible allergies. And he was making some progress with her. But he finally said, look, I want you to go back to the source event of these allergies. And she zipped back into some life in Ireland and relayed really deep details about her life in a village. And she had the accent and everything. And so my mother happened to be, this all took place in Colorado where this case study was was born, let's say, and the book was born. So my mom went to a luncheon and met the woman who was the subject of the book. And so when I was a little kid, I mean, I don't know what everybody else was talking about at the dinner table, but we were sitting around the table. She had the book, and we were having a family conversation about the fact that, you know, maybe reincarnation exists. And it was just something about 
reading that book and talking to her and, you know, we, I, I have a very eclectic family, a very open-minded family, but it just felt like truth. And then as an adult, um, in my 20s, I had a dear friend pass away in a hiking accident. And about a month after his death, I saw his spirit appear in the window of my house. And then he came back several years later while I, at the time, I had been, I came back to Colorado and I had been living in Colorado at that time. And in Colorado at the time, you know, there's a lot of hypnotherapists there. And somebody said, wow, that's weird that he would be coming back to visit you after being passed away so long. So maybe you should have a past life regression. And so I went to have a regression and there was always this strange feeling because I had been invited to go on a hiking trip. I didn't go. And so you have these feelings of, you know, what would have happened if I'd actually showed up? I mean, would that have changed anything? And so it kind of left me in a really a strange, um, almost depression for really? nine, nine years. You know, I just struggled. With nine years? Yeah. And then it was at this time I had the regression and I went back very easily into several past lives where I had known him um, at the turn. Well, let's see. One was in the 1800s when I was, I perceived myself as this big man. I can't, I had this cabin, I had a family and I went out to do whatever I was doing. And when I came home, the family had been uh, murdered by someone. And so I perceived that he had been my wife in that lifetime at the turn of the century, I thought that he was my um, sister. Our mother had passed away, and before her death, she said, take care of your sister, and of course, the sister passed away. And then I perceived myself also being born in the early 40s. Um, I was born in the 60s in this lifetime, but um, my mother passing away in childbirth, I was in the scene, and I, I could sense that he was my mother. And so there was always these lifetimes where he had passed away before me and left me in this really strange feeling of almost guilt. And then there was a message about, you know, that all souls have a path, which is kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. You know, all souls have a path. They have things they're doing. We all want the best for everybody, but it is what it is. And so we just have to bless it and move on. And so it's just something about getting above that issue and looking at it in this new way. It just lifted this burden off of me that I had been carrying around for so long. And it was the most profound healing I'd ever had. And I said, I've got to figure out how to help other people in this way. And where are we tapping into this healing? Is it out there somewhere in the universe or is it us? I think it's a combination of both. Um, It's definitely coming from within ourselves. Um, we can tune into each other. We're, you know, we're very connected. We're all connected. I think we, if, if the if the last couple months haven't taught us all how connected we are, then I don't know what yeah. to teach us. You know what I'm That's saying? True. But yeah, um, I I feel like, you know, Edgar Casey, speaking of the world's greatest psychic, um, you know, believed that we all came from stardust, and that you know there was readings about where he would talk about how we began as this ball of light in the universe who chose to come down here and have consciousness. So I think there's an aspect of all of us that still kind of can tune in consciously to universal energy by remembering the source where we came from, as well as understanding that we all come from the same place and that we can tune into each other very, very easily when we try. Absolutely. Now, this book that we're talking about tonight, Stars, is number four in a series, right? 
Yeah, that's right. And the only other time I've heard of Pythagoras was from our numbers lady, Glynis McCants, who comes on. She's a numerologist. She uses the Pythagorean system. And you mentioned that in your healing. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, this is a series of books and that each one has a standalone healing technique. And my guidance was really to call it Pythagorean healing because not only um, is he credited for how we think of modern-day numerology, but also just different things with sacred geometrical patterns, mathematics, and things like that. So there's four books in the series. Um, the first one I was just told to call Level 1. Um, we actually just use the primary numbers as healing uh, symbols in healing, just like we would use, like in my Edgar Casey book, we have a set of healing symbols. But in Level 1, the primary numbers are our symbols. And then the second level is called binary healing, where we actually use the binary code, which is very interesting. Level 3 taps into the platonic solids, which were the sacred geometrical patterns identified by Plato and Aristotle to bring balance to body. And so stars is where we're just taking um, visual symbology of stars that have been known throughout the ages and using those as healing symbols. So you use regular numbers uh, in healing. It sounds insane, and it really seems like, are you kidding me? That sounds so elementary and simple. But when you really think about the typical Arabic numbers that we have, you know, that were originally Hindu Arabic, they came, you know, they've been around since 500 A.D., and then they spread around the world. They have a couple records of, like, people finding twos and threes in ancient Egypt and things like that. So when you think about if we, you know, aside, numerology aside, which I talk about in the book, here's how we do numerology, and it is powerful, we know that. But I'm saying let's just take the actual symbol of it and use it for healing the body. And it is, again, they're very ancient symbols. They're incredibly powerful, and it's a super simple technique people have really seemed to resonate with a lot. Can you literally just about do anything with healing by tapping into these th different uh, techniques? You really can, because you can tap into, um, you know, ancient wisdom. You can tap into, like we said, universal source energy just by understanding that we can bring that energy through the body to attain a certain degree of peace and balance. So, yeah. How does it work, basically? What are we doing? In these new methods, basically energy healing in general, um, I had had, you know, after my illness, I ended up having a near-death experience. And during this time in the light, there was a lot of, like, nonverbal things that were kind of shown to me about sure. the fact that we are, you know, obviously we're a physical being here on this earth, but we really have a spiritual essence. And when we come into this life, because, of course, I believe we're bringing in things from past lives, so... Just like I mentioned with my friend a minute ago, you know, we all have a plan. I think we come in with certain things we are going to learn. We come in with all the things we've done from our past and the lessons that we're going to learn, the plan we've made for ourselves, because I really believe we all have a purpose. But within that, we have these energy fields within us. We have an energy field um, around the body that can get blockages in it. And I feel I, I really felt that you know, when I was so ill that that was one of the things that helped me to move that out is start to remove some of the energetic blockages 
in the fields around the body so that we can start creating peace and balance. And so back 20 years ago, because I've been doing this forever, um, it was very different because the ener- the whole energy around the planet was completely different than it is now. So a lot of the healing methods, like I adore Reiki, and I've been doing Reiki for many years, um, even before I started developing some of these other methods, would always work on, okay, let's go ahead and work on these exterior fields that are outside the body, remove blockages, so that we can create a state of peace that's going to ripple in and eventually affect the physical body in a positive way. But um, when the Edgar Casey technique came to me, which was now several years ago, and then that book came out a year ago, um, I was clearly shown that these symbols, rather than us working on these exterior etheric fields, they need to be delivered through the crown of the head and move more interior so that they're going inside the body, making the changes from the inside out. And the Egyptian method, for example, when it goes through the system, the very last symbol lights the person up from within and creates a protective shield that shields their energy field that's very profound. And so, um, likewise, these. this is when I first said, I was shown, oh my gosh, the numbers. I was shown this idea of channeling primary numbers back in the early 2000s. And it was something that I had kept in my drawer for years. And every now and then I'd bring it out and I'd show it to somebody and they'd go, wow, that's cool, you know. And I thought, well, should I bring that out and publish it? And I kept saying, no, no, it's not time yet. And when I saw the Egyptian, it just reminded me that, yeah, I was shown that the, the numbers needed to move through the body as well. And so I think that now that we're in this different phase that we're in energetically, you know, time speeding up, we have shorter attention spans you know, it used to take me an hour to do a healing session. Now these techniques really take, you know, maybe 10 minutes to do. And they're very, very strong, very quick. And it's a really neat idea to, to, to understand, yeah, we work from the inside. And then when we work on ourselves from the inside, then that light just shines out towards the world rather than the other way around. And do you think healing is like prayer? It really is. Um you're tapping into just love and pure frequency and consciousness. And then when you can send that compassion through yourself to another, it, it really is, to me, yeah, it's synonymous with prayer. It would be like if I'm sending you a prayer, I want what's best for you. I'm seeing you as happy and healthy and everything working for you. I, I think it's a beautiful way of sending a prayer. You had talked about the possibility of souls being involved in this. How so? Well, I think that we, I've always, well, partly because of all the sessions and stuff that I've done with private, you know, clients over the years, I believe that we really do come in to the life having certain things that we want to accomplish. We have certain people we're going to meet and certain tasks. And so, when we're doing healing or when, you know, our ability to either receive healing or not receive it is definitely something I think that's tied into the plan that we have for ourselves as a soul. And that's also how we would connect with other people in healing. We're really connecting with people, not physically, like I'm not saying, hey, George, how you doing? I'm not talking to the physical part of you. I'm talking to your soul to see if you'd like to accept this healing and just wishing that well wellness for your highest good at a soul level rather than the conscious level. Shelley, is is healing like uh, a spell? 
in a way. In a it, way. It sounds We're like it could be. Consciousness intention, yes. And uh, it's definitely not a curse. No. Interesting. It hopefully, huh? can remove. I don't. Well, I don't know if it will remove curses, but let's say it can lighten the frequencies around the situations. What about blockages? Do people have blockages? Yeah. Um, in all of these healing methods, you know, I find that people, we we all are very alike, and we have certain categories of things that are challenging us, either in the areas of love and relationships. Uh, our physical health or our security and slash prosperity in the world. And so sometimes, you know, whether it's past life regression or energy healing, people do have blockages. And so different techniques can help to remove those blockages. And one of the things that I found when I was working with people in hypnotherapy is, you know, when I can take them back into a past life experience or any any past experience really that there's they can talk about the thing that happened to them but there really is an energetic component also to all of the memories that are stored there and those are stored in that energetic field as well and so sometimes if people are having you know blockages towards prosperity you know that's a big one so you know you can actually address that not only verbally through regression but energetically by removing the energetic block that's causing that as well and then that is how the changes that are made can be very, very profound and very lasting. Was Jesus an energy healer? That is, uh, yeah, I would say he definitely was. Of course, he was laying on hands. And, you know, there's stories about Jesus traveling through India and Egypt and different places to learn from the masters. And I think that's a very accurate statement. Was it God-given? Yes. And the thing is, look at Edgar Casey. I mean, look at his abilities. Oh, my I mean, gosh. Yeah. He had an illness. Um, you know, like like I said about that woman in the Brady Murphy book, he had an illness. He had to go to a hypnotherapist. They didn't know what was wrong with him. And then when he zipped back into wherever it is they took him under hypnosis, he began channeling that source that just brought through all of this incredible wisdom that we are still benefiting from today. And one of the things that, he was saying in those messages is the fact that these things are God-given and that everyone can do them. And Jesus said the same. And, you know, just learning how to listen to those things. I mean, Casey was a biblical scholar, practically, and for him to have to hold that consciousness and at the same time um, have to come to terms with the fact that a wise source who knows many things about the world is also talking about things like past lives, which would have been completely foreign to him. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.